Welcome, you were tuned in to Forget the Walls podcast. My name is Elizabeth Adeyemo and I am your host. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but humanity is at its worst. We have no idea what it means, nor do we value its very essence. And for that reason, the topic today, I'm just going to go straight into it, is a call to humanity. Now, if you're not Nigerian or you are far removed from the atrocities that are happening in countries like Nigeria, Congo, Armenia, and many other countries that I'm not conscious of in this very moment. If you're far removed from the pain in the streets, the protests of the people and the brutality that is enabled by government, people that should take responsibility that refuse to, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, as I've previously said, but it seems to me that there's a consistent pattern across the whole world the very irony is that in the western world today based on everything that's been happening in the last couple months the topic of inclusion diversity has been prominent because we are seeing that people are constantly screaming for equality people are constantly screaming to be identified as human beings and it's so ironic because yesterday i was watching a video and i watched a black woman speak to black men in a room full of black people and the topic of diversity and inclusion was also a prominent topic in Africa for Africans. So to me, it does not seem like a black and white issue anymore. In fact, I doubt if it has ever been about the fact that I am black and you're white or I am Hispanic and you're African or I'm white and you're Asian. I think the differences have been used as tools to divide people. When we are divided, it is very difficult to achieve anything. It is very difficult to understand anything. It is very difficult to empathize. And when that is the case, it makes a very good ground for selfishness to prevail. The agenda of those type of mentalities are able to prevail. I had a talk a couple weeks ago and I was explaining how the categories and the differences are not the problem at all, but how we see, how we understand them will dictate how we are able to tackle the problems that will arise because we are humans. Every single human being has a negative trait. And I think we forget that. But as I've previously stated on this podcast, if I have something wrong with me, if I have an illness or something that is wrong with my body and I refuse to identify that sickness, I refuse to to pay attention to it. I refuse to give it the care that it needs. My ignorance, my refusal to pay attention to what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my body will not take away the side effects. It will not take away the fact that whatever is wrong with me could be detrimental to me and other people. I think that's what we're seeing in humanity today. We refuse to identify the problem with humanity and take care of it because we cannot eradicate our flaws we can only identify them pay attention to them and and decide as people what is important to us will we put value on things that we have made money and all these external comforts will we put more value on them than we will on human lives and as people that are far removed you think I'm safe and me and my family is safe. So I'm just going to watch from outside and not empathize. I want you to understand that these emotions that these people are feeling, you are not immune to those emotions, regardless of where you are in the world. It breaks my heart to have to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Some opinions will be unpopular, but I beg you, please open your mind, open your heart and let's move towards caring, understanding, catering to what it means to be human, what it means to be human. I hope this episode sheds light on some dark places and I hope it gives people comfort and gives hope to the hopeless and and I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. 
with me today. I have two beautiful, intelligent Nigerian ladies with me that I respect a great deal. Um, the first guest is TJ. She is joining us all the way from Nigeria. Um, the second guest is my sister. They're both my sisters, actually. But um, she lives in Dublin, Ireland. And I'm I'm based in Dundalk, Ireland. I don't know why I'm giving like our, our dresses out. <laughs> locations, like, locations, locations out. But yeah, that's where we're that's where we're based right now. But we thank God for social media and technology technology more than social media but yes we're able to connect and make this happen a lot has been happening you know since 2020 yeah. started i thought the combination of me and these two ladies would be really interesting because i moved to ireland when i was nine so that was like wow. 12 years ago at this age and ruth moved <laughs> four years ago and um tj is currently in nigeria so we're all born in nigeria basically yeah. raised in nigeria for a little bit but we've um, I think we have different perspectives, definitely, because we have, um, I guess, different type of connections to the country just because of the amount of time we've spent there. So I thought that would be yeah. interesting. So I'd like TJ to kind of introduce herself as All well. All right. Uh, my name is TJ Sunimi Olakojo. I'm an actor, a presenter, and um, I'm about to launch my YouTube channel, um, Queen Edisa Studios. I'm also a filmmaker, and I make films about um, abuse, rape, things that has to do with humanity. I've seen, I've seen her videos, and I think like the quality is top-notch, and I definitely recommend. I'll put their information below. I think Ruth might want to um, tell us about her project that she's working on with a few of her friends um, in the country. Me and my friends run a media brand in Ireland called Fortieri. Fortieri? Yeah, for okay. theory. It's Latin for for the people, which means we work and stand by the people and for the people. Cool. So we're media we're actually a media collective run by women focused on uplifting minority groups in Ireland through visual and creative means. So we're trying to use our platform to raise awareness of certain issues and also just to let everyone know that no matter how small you think your community is, you still have a voice. Yeah, 100%. I really, really, really find that very interesting. And I, I'm actually going to talk to you more about that later on, now that you've explained it that way. But yes, thank you so much for being here, guys. I really appreciate the both of you and the work that you're doing. Um, it goes without saying that we're both, we're all, three of us are Nigerian. And um, I know the country is important to us, but even more than the country being important to us. I know humanity is important to, you know, the three of us on this panel because I've spoken to you both individually and like you guys have are dealing or have dealt with different aspects of humanity and the abuse and oppression that, you know, certain people face. Like TJ's spoken about abuse towards women and uh, Ruth talks about um, just empowering um, people that might feel like they are the underdogs and people that might feel like they don't necessarily have a voice. And so with that being said, with the current, I guess, the space in Nigeria in this present moment, I want to ask you guys, where is your heart right now? I'm going to ask Ruth first and then TJ. How do you feel right now about how not just Nigeria is looking, but humanity in the context of Nigeria, how do you feel about humanity? My feelings right now are so complex, but I can highlight one major feeling that I feel at the moment, which is pain. I am in literal pain at the state of the world. I feel pain. I feel anger. I feel frustrated. 
just there's so many negative emotions I have right now about the world because so many things are going wrong. It's just a mess trying to figure out, you know, how to explain your feelings when there's so many emotions. And you know, and you know, you had you had moved uh, only four years ago. So I I I want to ask you when you were living in Nigeria. Um, I'm assuming that everything is kind of up close and even it probably feels like it's normal because that's life. I was like, back when I was living in Nigeria, I was definitely much more in the center of it all. But yeah. It was never as bad as it is right now, at least in, from my perspective. Because in Nigeria, there's certain things that happen and you think, yeah, it's normal to happen. It's okay. You keep going with your everyday life. But the things that have happened currently in Nigeria between the past two weeks, these are the things that we can't go back to our everyday lives. We can't mm. just go back. Like the PTSD of it all won't let us go back. Yeah. Forever unchanged by the events that unfolded. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is like people usually think like big balls, big snowballs just come up like out of nowhere, like a big avalanche, but it actually piles up. So it starts as a small ball that just keeps rolling. I'm one to think that a lot of the issue is rooted in a dysfunction in mentality. So even though maybe four years ago, this particular incident didn't take place, I think for someone that is living in Nigeria, certain things like, you know, the bribery the type of the mentality that that encourages bribery the mentality that basically oppresses people that are poor people that don't have people that can't speak the mentality that overlooks the people at the bottom that's the same mentality that has basically snowballed to the point where people feel like if you don't get off the street when we tell you to we'll just do what we want to do yeah that is exactly right the small little micro microaggressions that we took for granted that we said it was okay that it's happening that we can live this way that gave them the audacity to behave the way they do today because 100%. we let these things happen we let this microaggressions pile up we let we just let us why because at the end of the day we're all just trying to survive yes but now what exactly are we trying to yes do survival instincts and that's not that in itself is something I'm going to dive into. But before we even get into that, I want to ask TJ, how do you feel right now? Honestly, I am so blank because I think I'm, I'm, I'm in shock. TJ was actually at one of the, at the protests, at some yeah. of the protests, but in a different place, not in Lagos, not in yeah. Lekki. I'm, I'm in shock because a lot of things have been happening, even around me, around where I stay. It's, it's been crazy. Trust me, it's, it's not been easy seeing people that you saw, you greeted a while ago, you see them dead. It's, it's, been, it's not been easy for us to deal with, especially as, as youth in Nigeria. I'm talking as a youth now, someone that has passion for change, that wants to see things, you know, improve. You know, we just want to see things differently. That is all we ask yeah. for. No, 100%. I have a question. You know, in every society, there's always a, a certain tone and culture. I want to ask you guys. Now, obviously, I, it's not like I'm completely oblivious of what Nigeria is like. So I'm going to answer some of this the way I see it, too. Do you guys think that the culture of empathy is something that is 
present in Nigeria. And basically, empathy, obviously, just for the sake of explaining it, it is like when you are able to see somebody in pain or see somebody that's down and, and, and feel compassion to the point where you actually give them a hand. Do you think that that culture is in Nigeria or do you think Nigeria is dominated by the culture of survival? It's survival instincts over compassion. Well, I've been here like all my life. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've traveled to different states in the country. So um, if if I was to speak for people, I would say that Empathy is something that we practice within the walls of the classrooms. Mm. It was something we practiced growing up. They taught us, but it's not something our leaders are practicing. Wow. Yeah. So that yeah. is the big difference. Yeah, I agree okay. with you. Anyway. I was just about to say that as well, that I feel like empathy is this very big topic in Nigeria that has been taught and been drilled into our heads. It's been taught about, it's been preached about. Hmm. So many times you write essays about it, you discuss about it, but hmm. none of it has actually been been implemented in the everyday Nigerian life. Why do you think that is? I think because we're just so used to, like we talked about before, survival of the fittest, basically. We're just so used to having, like, seeing all these things happen every day. Like, you go on the streets and you see loads of people on the streets, you know, begging for arms. You hmm. see loads of things happening. You see PBC, police harassing other people. Like these things, yeah. like people just shun away because they're used to it. They've become numb. They've accommodated this feeling in them. Yeah, as yeah. This is normal. This is okay. So yes. They lose any form of empathy like that. Slowly and slowly, you you find yourself not being able to empathize with other people, to understand your situations or where they're coming from because you think this is the norm. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, let's take that, that, that explanation, which I think is perfect. And I think it's true because even yeah. in this situation, I experienced it, but I, I won't even focus on that now. Let's take that, that idea. The everyday person, let's say middle class, that's seen people on the street, seen people begging, children that are in need. But you literally, it's everywhere you go as you're trying to get through life. So now as it goes on every day, it's being normalized. So now, even though for someone that's here, Say if I observe, if we were to take a camera and attach it to the head of an everyday Nigerian, a middle-class everyday Nigerian, and how they relate to other humans that are in need, we might say, why didn't they feel sorry for that person? Why didn't they do something? Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. let's look at the leaders. And we don't even know how they had to climb up that ladder, the things they had to do to get to that (laughs) position. So now their circle is different. So now certain things have been normalized. I'm saying this not to justify any single action. I'm saying this for, for us to highlight how humanity works, how humans work, how our minds can sometimes, if we don't pay attention to the fact that the problem is not the history, the problem is not the symptom, the problem is the actual virus. And I think a lot of the things we focus on is the symptom. So we focus on what has actually been done. But what has been done is the surface, is the result of the virus. And I think the virus is not paying attention to how humanity is, not valuing humanity, normalizing, valuing everything else before recognizing the importance, the complexity of humanity. You see what I'm saying? Because what happens, now this is just from my perspective, what happens is that we, if, if I continue this, like I said, this is an unpopular opinion and you can, you can combat this. If I continue to see 
not that the government isn't a problem or what they're doing isn't a problem, but if I and the whole the whole team we we put all of our focus and energy we identify an enemy which is the government and the people that are oppressing the the people that are less uh privileged if we put all our energy into identifying them as the enemy we fail to actually recognize the real virus because what's going to happen is repetition you know why because that same survival instinct it's embedded into how we navigate life. So we might say, I have watched a video today. A woman said, one of the leaders, she was given out to him because she said, what you are killing these children for is the same thing that you were trying to fight for a couple years back. Do you not remember? And what yeah. she said made me realize that we might get leaders in our country. Now, I don't want people that are not Nigerian to feel alienated from this conversation. We're going to bring it back. But please, assistant, understand that these things are relevant to humans across the board. We, we could get people that are well-intent, people that want progress, people that are progressive in their, in, in their mind, they care about people. But if those same people go through the same ladders that our leaders have gone through, how are we sure that we're not going to have the same result when we are just focusing on the symptoms and not the virus itself? Mm. Wow. I feel like we keep treating and talking about the symptoms without directly addressing the virus. Mm. Like every day it's a new symptom. Every day it's mm. a new problem. But do we ever get to the root of that problem? And they look alike. We just glaze it over. They all look alike. Yeah. We're saying police brutality in Nigeria. They're saying police brutality in America. Please. Wow. Where exactly would the reform even begin? Like, how do we go um, Okay, well, I think this thing is a foundational problem. Mm. Um, we, yeah, what, like you said, what that woman said is very true. What they are killing people for is what they are, like, they were trying to fight before mm. they got there. Yes. So I think um, it's a culture of um, adaptation. Mm. They've adapted to, okay, because an average Nigerian believes that if, for you to climb to the place of power, you have to have some level of corruption embedded inside of you. Mm. And it's been like that. You know, even parents um, teach their children that sometimes um, indirectly. Mm. So it, it's, it's like, for example, you know, things like this have started um, as far back as when you're in secondary school, you have to pay a teacher to get grades, you know, you have to um, pay for um, question papers in advance. Mm. So you will believe in shortcuts. If you have your money, you can buy your way into success. Mm. And you don't care what the other person feels. You just do it anyways and you get your own thing and go. Mm -hmm. So it's been like that. You know, there's something we, 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 we say here um, in Yoruba. We say, oh, you're lower. Mm, that you're, you're on your own, own. Mm. yeah so everyone that's just the average nigerian mentality you're on your own fight for yourself if the other person is dying go for yourself don't try to you know um don't try to intervene into something that is not your business even if it has to do with you saving the person sometimes you just look past you and just go like go mm. for it at the expense of the other person and i feel that is what has um, been adapted into what 
we call or the people we call our leaders today it didn't just start in a day yes they grew into it 100 percent. i completely agree with you and i think that's how um that's when we have to put humanity back into the picture because i think what you just explained there is basically what happens when you lose focus of what it means to be a human being and you lose focus of the essence of human race and so i was going to say ruth what do you think about that so back to what you're saying about police brutality and the fact that you can see it everywhere in the world, not just in Nigeria, mm. you can see it in the US, you can see it in Syria. That's basically yeah. how their civil war began as well. Bruh. It's all over the world and it's just dressed in different culture attires. Yes, Nigeria just yes, happens to be wearing yes. some kind of, you know, yes. oh, speak. Yes. in America it's wearing like some kind of blue. You know what mm. a blue? It's dressed in blue suits. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Like it's just colored in different ways. But yes. It's the exact same problem. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same problem all around the world. Like how numb do people need to get to, you know, to not listen to the cries of other people? Yeah. Like how, how less human could you be? Like, yeah. I think, you know, I think you've been t- conditioned, mm. conditioned in this particular yes. way to not yes. empathize with other people. And every day, like, it's going to become a generational thing. If we yes, it is. It already is. It already is. Huh. I think yeah, that's what yeah. TJ explained. Like, it's gradual. Yeah. And you know what yeah, else? You know what else? It's very easy to teach something, teach someone something they want to learn. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. you don't have to teach a child to care about themselves more than they care about their playmate. Everything is mine. Yeah. It's mine. It's yeah. mine. And you have to what? You have to unlearn. That child needs to be yeah. taught to unlearn that natural yeah. instinct. Mm-hmm. But in a culture mm-hmm. where we enable the selfishness of our hearts we basically promote everything that is negative about us human beings and then we see the symptoms we see the results and we complain we complain because we don't know that nothing is isolated we don't want to accept that the small translates into the big exactly every little act of selfishness and greed every little act of insensitivity every blind eye that you turn translates into a big picture of Um, oppression towards people that don't have a power to make a difference exactly yeah i'd also like to add to that by saying like you know back in the 1900s 1910s and forward um, even before that before like i believe that human rights freedom of speech only became prevalent after 2000 before that the people's work was very silent for example in the 1960s when you had biafran protesters peacefully mm-hmm. protesting for their rights to you know build a new country mm-hmm. these people yeah. were met with live ammunitions like they were yesterday on 20th of october 2020 Mm. We were met with the same force by the police and thousands of people were killed. There was literally a whole genocide that happened to an entire race of people or an entire culture of people in Nigeria. So, so you see, that was and when, well, this is 20, this is twenty twenty. Eighty years have passed by and the same thing we're trying to we're seeing we're seeing slowly repetition. again. So repetition, see, yeah. Up, repetition, exactly. So the fact that these people had had actually been successfully silenced back then fear were, was actually instilled in all of them yes yes yeah, 100%. even the people who were not a part of it 
they all became afraid. Yeah. So no one spoke yeah. up to the government. Things yeah. kept happening because the government are no matter how like no matter how the government tries to tell you the people is the power, the people is the power. The fact is, in Nigeria and in several other countries, the mm-hmm. actual power has always been the government. Mm. Yes. Because they are the ones that have military power. They are the ones that have financial power. They are the ones who have the actual power. Like Nigeria. There is no balance. There is no balance. Like we we can think that, yes, we can turn the entire country upside down if we wanted to. But at the same time, could we really? And if we did, who would suffer? We would suffer. Exactly. Yes, exactly. If you try to do this, like there's so many economic and financial repercussions that Nigeria will yes. How yes. would we handle the backlash? Yes. Yes. Like, where do we go from? Yes, here? and that Is that this- leads directly to a conversation that I know a lot of people find very hard to to accept because you know people. It's very when you are enraged and you are overwhelmed with emotion, it's very easy yes. to see eye for an eye. But I yes. heard the saying that an eye for an yeah. eye will leave the whole world blind. And it's true. It is. And, and to me, it's, it's understandable when you're overwhelmed with emotions to think you take our lives, we take yours. You kill our people, yeah. we'll kill your whole family. It's very, uh-huh. it's a rational, surface level, human type of psyche. And it's very responsive, uh, reactive rather. You're not moving towards change at all. Exactly. You're not. I heard somebody say those type of mentalities are very conformist. They're not in any way radical or they're not moving towards the progressive change that we so aspire yeah. in this world. When, when you and I are so enraged that we, we're not even focused on the problem anymore. Now we are treating the people yeah. the way they treated us. Everything, oh, yeah. everything, every, we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. like that's it like it's like we keep revolving in the same cycle yes. over and over and over again yes the government the people the truth is the people like you said evolved to be this government mm. you know so like it's it's like we're not moving we're just saying the Cycling same thing in the same place yeah we're just doing it's not like we're not facing what the problem you know i, I feel that like I said, it is a, it's a foundational problem. You it have is. to face it, yes. trace it, yes. then you erase it hey, gradually. Oh, I could just speak in songs for that one. Something people like to run away from is, I think the minute that we identify what it means to be human, we pay mm-hmm. attention to how we operate then we see that we are not as superior as we like to think. We often like to think we're very superior in our opinions, our <laughs> thoughts. And then that's where we, we, all these sense of entitlement, I can do this to you, all of that comes into play. And you see it across the board. It shows up in different ways. Un- understanding how, I don't want to say basic, but let's be honest. Like if something happens right now and I lose the oxygen in me, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, if yes. once we understand how very basic our li- lives are, how, how we are as human beings, how very fickle we are, we wouldn't carry the whole world on our head and think we're so superior. Actually, we'll be willing to submit. Yes. What, what, the prob- what the government is having a problem doing right now is submitting to their subjects. They think they're there. I hate to make this about, like, yeah, because I, I don't... 
I want to focus on the humanity, but they forget that they're there to serve. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like they're there to serve and protect. Yeah. But they think once I'm on top, I'm there to dominate. Yes. yes. And you're not sovereign, sovereign because you're not God. You're not. Yeah. And even Father and, himself, and when he came, exactly. he said, to be sovereign, to be on top means to serve. Exactly. All right. Don't, don't.